Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. It's good to see you today. So grateful that you're here today, excited about what God's doing. Let's give it up for Josh Hubbard and the team. Yeah, come on now. I love that. It's fun to see you grow as a leader as well, man. Come on now. What a, what a good man. And all of RI, um, we're so grateful for all of you. Thanks for coming to church, everybody, on this rainy day. Uh, so glad that you came out uh, to Radiant Church on a cloudy day. It just goes together. And so um, glad that you're here. Um, really excited about what God's doing. We're in this series called Breakthrough, and we we really have a dream for everybody to go on a, on a journey with Jesus. That's so we've, we've talked about the language of know God once you walk in relationship with Jesus and then find freedom. So as you're a disciple of Jesus, you start to say no to the things that once kept you chained to the world. Discover what God has for your life. We say discover purpose. And then the last thing we say is make a difference. Or you could say ministry. It's the idea that you have a calling and And we want to help you do that, the thing that God wired you to do, the thing that when you do that, you come alive. And we believe that uh, we are the body of Christ and all of us have a call in our lives. And so that's our dream, is that you would fulfill God's dream for your life. And this series called Breakthrough uh, is really in the find freedom category, right? And so uh, we talked about um, breakthrough in the area of discouragement, and then we did breakthrough in the area of anxiety. And today, I know nobody struggles with this. I know that you're going to look at me and say, not I, but I want to talk about bitterness today. And so, (laughs) yeah, all right, good. A couple of you do. All right, good. Um, uh, And so the more that I studied it, the more painful it became. So uh, anyway, I want us just to look at it. And so if you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 39, and um, I'm going to pray and we'll dive in. Father, we do love you today, and we thank you for the opportunity to be disciples of Jesus in 2019. We thank you, Lord God, that Jesus has set us free from living addicted to my own desires, my own pleasures, my own way of life, my getting all that I can out of this life, and has enabled us to find freedom in that area and grow closer to Jesus and become more like Jesus. We ask that it would be not ethereal, not just a concept, but God, we want to do it in our real lives. We want to walk like Jesus did. We want our lives to look like Christ. And in the midst of our flesh and a culture that just tends to go the other way, we ask for your divine help. We love you. We honor you. And Radiant Church said, amen. Amen. All right. So here's the question. Uh, Have you ever felt like you were no longer bitter at someone? You thought that you'd overcome bitterness. You would say that you are not bitter. You would say you've you've walked through a forgiveness process. You've prayed for them. And then you see them and you walk on the other side of the hallway. (laughs) Or you've even talked to the Lord like you're like, God, I've walked through that. And then you're scrolling and you're by yourself and you see their picture and you talk to yourself out loud. Oh, please. Yeah, right there. Yeah, you laugh because you've been there. I mean, I mean, I haven't. I mean, it's just anyway. And how do you think I got these ideas? And so um, I think all of us would be in a place, at least I don't know about you, but for me, I feel like this, this idea of forgiving, this idea of forgiveness, it's not a one-time thing. Seems to me like it's a a process where we're always trying 
to grow in this area and to forgive. And, and I, I want us today to talk about that process. I want us to talk about being people that live above the fray and don't live constantly in, in knots in our hearts with turmoil or frustration or even revenge. But obviously Jesus is our example of forgiveness. He's the one that on the cross said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And, and Jesus taught a lot on forgiveness. It's actually amazing. I mean, Jesus is the one that looks at Peter. And when Peter says, should I forgive seven times? Jesus goes, I tell you, 70 times seven. And Peter's like, what does that mean, right? It's like a lot. It's like forgive. And, and I want us today to look at the process in your own life of what it looks like for you to get stronger in the area of forgiveness so that you can step out of the areas of bitterness, that those bitterness prongs, those bitterness hooks that are inside our hearts go down. And so I'd like to invite you, even from the beginning of this message, to think of one person. Right now, you can feel the pain in the room. It just, there it was, it just sunk, right? I want you to think of one person that even the Holy Spirit might put on your heart that you need to grow in forgiving, that maybe you have deeply embedded maybe some bitterness. And so the person who I think embodies in the Old Testament, the greatest story for me that I enjoy the most of forgiveness is the person of Joseph. And I want us to take a few minutes and talk about Joseph because Joseph to me had an epic scene, like an epic moment where we talked about this actually uh, in our series before where we were working through the Old Testament called Heroes. And there's that moment where Joseph stands with his brothers and he's forgiven them. But I wanna dial back and go, how do, we, how do we get to that point? Like that's an epic moment. That's a powerful scene of forgiveness. But what are some characteristics in Joseph's life? What are some things that we could see even in Joseph before we ever get there? And so it's a famous story. And so if you don't know the story, I'm not gonna go through it all. I'm gonna work from the premise that you already know it and just hoping maybe you've read it in your Bible. Maybe you were here during the Hero series. Maybe you've seen the Disney movie. Maybe you've seen it on VeggieTales. Maybe you've seen Joseph in the Technicota Colors or something like that. Like that somehow you know that story. But here's Joseph and Joseph has the dream and he's thrown into the pit by his brothers. And that's where I wanna pick up because here you've got a dream where God's put dreams in your heart. Joseph, favored son, thinks about a great future. I mean, I'm son, I'm brother. He's part of a wealthy family. And so just put yourself in the moment where he's thrown into the pit. Here's what I want you to think about. What movies are you running in your mind? What are you thinking about if you're Joseph and your brothers throw you in the pit, your brothers betray you, your brothers pick you up, throw you, you don't know what your future is. You know that the people that you thought were supposed to take care of you and love you, I mean, big brothers, throw you in the pit, the cistern, the well, and there you are. Just want you to picture that moment for Joseph. And, and because I think in order to get to where he's able to forgive in the epic scene in Egypt, we could get a lot if we start to think about what are the thoughts running through his mind. How do you get to that point way back in the pit? Because that's a, that's, a, that's a strong rejection. I don't know what's happened to you, but to get left for dead, and then he's sold. So then, okay, the brothers come, tell you what, we're not gonna leave you for dead. What we're gonna do is we're gonna sell you into Egypt, which probably for him in those moments, Joseph thought was, was worse. 
I'm going to be sold. And kind of, I want you to picture kind of the next scene. Now you're Joseph. A moment ago, you were son, wealthy family, brother, bright future, dreams of a family. And now you're probably walking along the Mediterranean, probably in chains, and you're, you're headed to Egypt as a slave for the rest of your life. And what thoughts are going through your head? Betrayed by brothers in the pit. Now I'm on a journey walking to Egypt as a slave. I didn't do this to myself. This is not what I chose. This is not, well, a series of things that I did that thus got me here. This is brothers didn't like my dream. Brothers were jealous. Brothers were envious. I was probably a little bit annoying, but what little brother isn't? And they threw me in the pit and they sold me as a slave to Egypt. And then finally, now he's a slave. He's living in Potiphar's house. And I'm not a son, I'm a slave. And, and I'm always gonna be a slave. And I don't have a hope of getting out of this predicament. I, I don't, I'm, if, if, I, if I have a, a wife and kids one day, they'll be slaves. My, my heritage is different now. I'm here in Egypt. I mean, imagine just, the thought process, like what, what are you becoming over the years? What is he becoming over time? Then he goes to not only slave, but worse status, the story we talked about about a month ago, where he's now in falsely accused, thrown into a prison. Now he's in this probably a dungeon most think that it was probably not more than like four feet tall, you know, and he had to duck down, probably damp, chained up. And he becomes successful and gains a little bit more liberty, but he's still in a prison. And here's what I'm aiming at. What thoughts are going through your mind? Because I want you to think about your own life. I want you to think about, yeah, Joseph has this moment where he forgives his brothers, but there's a whole long process there has to be something going on in his heart and his mind to have that epic Old Testament moment where we go, yeah, he forgave his brothers, but there's a process. There's things that are going on in his mind. And the fun thing when we read through Genesis is we get these little windows, these little scenes where we see what's going on in Genesis, what's going on in Joseph's mind in the book of Genesis. It's, I don't want you to just see it. I just want you to see, because it just kind of pops out. All right, so first scene, I'm gonna give you just a few of them. But the first one is that moment with Potiphar's wife. Let me just read this text, Genesis 39. You know the story. He's, he's a slave in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife is attracted to him. And day after day, she's coming after him saying, sleep with me. And I want you to see what is in Joseph's heart. Look at this. No one is greater in the house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? So think about that moment. I mean, in the text, literally it says that she grabs his cloak. This is not, I mean, this is a strong woman. Like, I mean, in the moment, She's, she's coming after him strong enough that when he's trying to flee from her, she's got his coat. Like she's not like just, she's coming day after day. I just want you to picture <laughs> what you would say. 
Like in the moment, she's coming after you and she's alluring you. And Joseph, I mean, he doesn't talk about her. He doesn't look at her and say, you seductress, you Jezebel, you know, I mean, Jezebel doesn't exist yet, but you know, you, whatever you say in that context, you, he, and he, and he doesn't, he doesn't talk about himself. I mean, he doesn't kind of come back like, hey, you know, I'm too good for you, you know, kind of thing. Like, if, if, if you want to put a ring on it. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't like have any kind of talk. Here's the language I just want you to see. I'm just, I, that would be a, an intense moment. She's seducing him. And I just think it's a crazy scene that we find Joseph talking about God. But God, I don't want to do this. I don't want this wicked thing against God. So Potiphar or God. And I think what's on his mouth is what's going on in his head, is what's going on in his heart, is even though he's a slave in Egypt, when we get this little moment where we get a little, a, a little monologue and lady comes after him and we get this little God sermon. I'm just telling you, I don't think most of us would be start talking about God. We'd just be like, ah, right? We might run, really righteous run, not righteous. You might be like, well, let's talk about it. You know, like, but sorry. All right, but, but, it, but it, the, the fact that Joseph breaks into God talk in, the, in that moment astounds me. It's because it's what's, it's what's in his head, because it's what's in his heart. So it's what comes out. It's what he, what he talks about in that moment. And then there's this next moment where he goes to prison and these new prisoners arrive that Pharaoh throws in, the butler and the baker. And I just want you to see he does the same thing. Look at this, Genesis 40, verse six. When Joseph, when Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams. Another moment. Here's Joseph in the prison. We get a little window into his heart via dialogue with people. And he's taking these two prisoners to dialogue about God. Happens again. Look at this. Third one. I want you to see it. Pharaoh. He gets finally pulled out. And you would think, you'd think by this time, the pain of how many times you've been hurt. You might try to just talk about self, talk about me. I mean, think about the potential pain, right? Brothers betrayed me, potential for bitterness. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of bitterness you would have towards, Pharaoh, towards uh, Potiphar's wife or that you could even have towards Potiphar. Like, give me a fair shot. Like, to, let, me, let me get, I, I, trust me. I don't know how that whole thing goes down. And then there's the moment where he goes in and to prison and the butler and the baker and the butler gets restored, but the butler forgets him. Maybe there's that tendency to go, I'm bitter towards that guy. I'm, I'm bitter. To Why didn't Reuben come help me out? My older brothers, what? I mean, if anybody has potential for a story of bitterness to be a victim, 
I mean, anybody whose life doesn't seem to be turning out like his dreams when he was young, it's Joseph. Look what he talks about. He goes to stand before Pharaoh, gets this chance. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it. It's said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And here's what Joseph says. If you're Joseph, you're in prison in a foreign country. This is your moment. Yeah, baby, what's up? Get me out of here. I, I'm your boy. I'm your, I'm your dream guy. Like, let's talk. And look at Joseph. I cannot do it. Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God. <laughs> this guy can't stop talking about God. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Come on, Joseph. Those dreams haven't happened that you had when you were a boy. You haven't seen it come to fruition. You should be bitter towards a lot of people, even this Pharaoh. I mean, come on, you weren't born in his nation. Maybe even bitter towards God. Why did you give me those dreams? All I ever did was stand for righteousness. All I ever did was try to just be a man of God. Of course, this is the moment where he interprets the dream. His whole life changes right there. And then we see him years later, and that's when the conversation with the brothers happens. And you always hear the big epic story where Joseph forgives his brothers, but it didn't start then. Joseph was talking about God the entire time. Look at this, Genesis 45, three. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they, when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and no reaping, but God. God sent me ahead of you to preserve, to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. I'm just telling you, this example of forgiveness was a man who went through crisis after crisis, betrayal after betrayal, and what's on his tongue? God. God at work. He does not know how God is working. He cannot see with his own mind how God is at work. He has no clue. How on earth could the pit be used by God? How on earth could the prison be used by God? How could being a slave be used by God? How could being, being forgotten by that butler be used by God? How could any of this how could I end up in Egypt? Uh, do you know who I am? I was the favorite son. I got the cloak as a kid. That's my story. I'm not this. I'm not bad story after bad story after bad story. I'm not person hurt me after person hurt me after. No, no, no. I'm supposed to take the family farm, you know? I'm supposed to be the next. This isn't working out like I thought. And yet in the midst of the darkest dungeon. Joseph's got God on his lips. He's got God in the conversations. 
And I'm just telling you, I think this is a window into the possibility of being a person that forgives. A person that doesn't walk in forgiveness or doesn't walk in bitterness, but walks in forgiveness is somebody who's just so caught up with God, I can't see, but I trust you. Because ultimately what you're saying is, you are omnipotent, you have all power. You are omniscient, you know all things. You are love and you love me and I don't know how on earth this is the story that you're writing for me, but I trust you in the midst of a story I don't fully understand. And some people get bitter at God. Some people get bitter at people. I wanna invite you to this. If you can get God, I trust you on your lips. If you can get in your thoughts, in your heart, so that what comes out when you're shaken, when you're bumped, you're this person that talks about God, it's the first step of saying, people can't stop my destiny. People can't destroy me. Whether I see it on earth or in eternity, I trust in God. I was talking to a lady this week in our church and she's going through a crisis. She's going through a hard time. And I called her as a pastor to point her to God, but she preached in me filled with life, filled with vibrance. And she probably said God 13 times. God this, God that, God this, God that. And here she is in the midst of her darkest day. And she's talking about, but God, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you wanna get out of the depths of revenge and victimization and irritation with others, the first steps that we see in Joseph is this, I'm gonna trust in God. And I wanna invite you to get, get your thoughts on God. Get your thoughts on what God is doing in you, not what others did to me, not what my brothers did to me, not what the, that the butler forgot me, not that the woman betrayed me or lied about me or falsely accused me in these moments. It's Joseph talking about God. Get that into your vernacular. Get that into how you think. Get that into how you talk. You'll start to travel light. You won't be the person that, that, that just anybody bumps you and you're just, you just, you got a river of pain that's about to come out. No, you've just, you didn't spend a lot of time. God, I trust you. God, I, 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 don't, I don't like what this person did to me. But God, you're God and I look to you. Focus on it, focus on God. Second thing is this, I wanna invite you to talk to God about your offender. You're tempted to talk to everybody else. One of the things that destroys churches so quickly, Hebrews talks about this, I don't have time to get into that, but the quickest way for a community to be shredded is when people get bitter and start talking to others about their bitterness and their pain. I invite you to take that pain, take that rejection, take that potential bitterness and take it to God. Listen to the way Jesus talks in uh, the Lord's Prayer, but I want you to hear it today in the message version. The message version is like, it's like, it's a, it's, it's like street talk, right? So it's, it's not an exact translation, it's a paraphrase, but I like it because sometimes it helps the same idea come to life. Listen to the way it says this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are, set the world right, 
Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. And here's Jesus telling the disciples what to pray and embedded in the very center of the Lord's prayer is forgiving others. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Devil, You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're a blazing beauty. Yes, yes, yes. It's like, amen, amen, amen. Right in the center, as Jesus talks to his disciples about a prayer that they should pray, right in the center, we have. Version we memorized in is forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are in debt against us or our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I like this right here because I like this phrase. Help me, help me keep on forgiving others. Like that's just the way I would talk. I would just say, help me to keep on forgiving others. This is key to you walking in freedom. You'll always have someone to be angry at if you decide to live as a revengeful, bitter person. There'll always be someone who offends you. It's just, you, this is not heaven. <laughs> people are broken and broken people tend to be bristly and hurt. And so you're gonna have an opportunity to be offended over and over and over again. And what we find with Joseph and what we see with Jesus, forgive quickly, not carry these accounts. And I think bitterness, bitterness towards others is gonna hinder your closeness or your intimacy with God. If you wanna be close to God, and he's one that has made it clear to forgive. In fact, Jesus says to forgive like we've been forgiven. If we hold on, I'm forgiven by God, but I'm gonna hold a grudge towards that person or I'm gonna remain bitter towards that person. I'm gonna remain angry. Pick the language you want. It's, it's a ceiling on your intimacy with Christ, your relationship with God. And you, you feel like, man, I wanna be closer to God. Even if with that as a root motive, Start kind of going through your mind about who are the people that, I mean, you, you, you might not even necessarily say that you're bitter, but deep down, you know, when I, when I see them, I have an interior groan. When they talk, I secretly am thinking, just shut up. Oh, oh, right? I'm not talking about necessarily that you are like got a revenge, like you've just seen a Hollywood movie and you're ready to go take them out. I'm just talking about that little, that little root inside of you, that little root of bitterness is still there, a little root of anger. We'd probably, we'd just say they annoy me. I want you to take it to what, who's hurt you to where you've still got something where you don't have passion for their highest good. Where if you were to find out, hey, guess what? They just failed a class. You're like, what's up? I'm kind of glad I'm right. Yeah, they deserve to fail a class. Yeah. Hey, guess what, you know? whatever the thing is, you, you wanna get to where you're like, no, I want, you, I want you to succeed. And I think this is one of the things that is most strategic for us, forgiveness, to look like Jesus to reach people. If you can be someone that doesn't hold bitterness, but you're constantly forgiving, this is, this is one of the most attractive things you have to look like Jesus in your community. It, this is your secret weapon. If you're, if you're forgiving like Jesus forgives and people see in you that you don't get upset and bitter, you just, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying you pretend. 
I'm talking about you just, you go to God. <laughs> I trust you. And God, let me take to you my issue with so-and-so and said, take it to the water cooler at, at the office. I'm gonna take it to you. This is one of the most powerful ways that we can show the world Jesus. Um, the atheist, uh, Margahinita Lasky, she said that, she said this, what I envy, envy most about you Christians is your forgiveness. I have no one to forgive me. And I just think that for us, it's one of the ways we shine or radiate the light of Jesus. And if we can do that as a community, if we can do that as a church, where we don't allow those seeds of bitterness, it, it just, you hang around people long enough and people will offend you. And it starts small. And even the way Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, he, he talked about in the end times that there would be bitterness or anger and it escalates. Listen to the way he said in Matthew 24, 10. And then many will, come, many will be offended, will betray one another and will hate one another. I, when you look, look at the way Jesus said this, he talks about it, that it escalates. It starts off just an offense. You just, you know, I just don't like the way that person did that to me but then you let it sit for a while and then you'll have a shocking moment where, oh man, I would have never dreamed I would have done that to them, but man, they just bug me. And then it goes from offense to betrayal to hate. And so we wanna be a people that find freedom in this area and go, I'm not gonna let this ruin my life. And here's what I would say, not only will it mess up your relationships, last thing is this, but I want you to, I want to tell you that it, an offender, if you allow an offender to get to you, that offender can steal your strength. Meaning this, that, that bitterness will drain you of the energy to fulfill God's call on your life. Because, because you've got revenge in your heart, you're responding in frustration to what they did. And so instead of having this passion to fulfill, okay, I've discovered my purpose and now I wanna make a difference, Instead, a part of your vision for your life is to get back at them. And, and however much energy you, you spend trying to accomplish that goal, it's not being spent on fulfilling God's purpose on your life. And so bitterness, bitter, bitterness will drain you. Bitterness, it, it'll cause you to spend the energy, the strength, the days, the time, the money that you have trying to get back at people instead of, I got one life to give everything to Jesus. I got one life. I don't wanna waste time getting back at so-and-so, getting some revenge on so-and-so. Look at, look at Paul in 2 Timothy 4, he says this, Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. And then I just love this phrase. So he says, the Lord will repay him for what he has done. <laughs> in other words, here's Paul going, ah, I'll just let, I'll just let God get back at that guy. I just wanna invite you to take Paul's advice and do some of that yourself. Just let, you know, God, I just put that in your hands. That person, just, you take care of it. You take care of it and guard your heart. That's what Proverbs 4. Above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. You get all those bitterness things inside of you. I mean, three people, four people, really deep on one person. And I'm it, it will, it, It'll drain you of your capacity to fulfill God's call on your life because you're so busy getting revenge on people or hiding from people or 
making little digs, people online, right? I mean, good grief. And just, I think, I think for me, one of the ways that uh, I'm able to detect what's going on in my heart with this area of bitterness is in uh, my small group. I can tell what's going on inside of me when I've stopped talking about what God's speaking to me and in terms of knowing God and in terms of making a difference, what he's called me to do, and I start talking about people that I'm mad at, right? So I think it's okay in a small group concept where we, where we have moments where we say, here's what I'm struggling with and, and I wanna confess my sins so that I can be healed and I wanna like work through, I'm, I'm struggling here. But if, if, if it goes months and years, then it starts to realize I have allowed bitterness in my heart. I am, I am not healthy. I need to get with God. I need to let forgiveness grow inside of me. And when all, every time you talk about forgiveness, there's always pushback about what are the possible parameters and what boundaries do I need to put up? Here, and here, here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that when you forgive someone that it goes back to how it was. Trust has to be rebuilt. I'm just asking you to go to God about the person that violated, offended, hurt you and say, God, what's your vision for this relationship? Let me walk in that. What does that look like? Is there a level of reconciliation? What does it look like? But I know what God's dream is not, that you would be a bitter believer. Bitter believers create pain. And I wanna invite you, I just dream about, I dream about being the people that are just, we're not unoffended because we lack intellectual understanding of the situation, right? We, we understand that we've been violated. We understand that someone's hurt, someone's hurt me or someone's attacked me or someone's violated me, but we look like our savior instead of our culture. And so, Jesus, I trust you. I think for me in my own life, um, there was a moment, I was 29 years old and uh, I was on staff at a big church. And I mean, I, honestly, I was having time in my life and just a bunch of buddies that were about my age on staff. And it was awesome. Like we were, we were having fun and seeing lots of, I mean, just powerful moments of God at work. And, and I'll never forget the moment where I found out that our, our pastor had been living a double life. And, um, and so actually taken on just a, a different name and not faithful to his wife and um, so I knew, I, knew, I knew this person, but there was this other scenario going on. And I just remember that was a moment where it's like, where are you, who are you gonna be? I remember talking on the phone, one of my buds, he said, this is great camaraderie. This is why I love the small group thing so much. Because he said, okay, this is, no matter how this turns out, this is hard. This is betrayal. This is painful. But this will either make you bitter or honestly, if you can forgive, it's hard to see right now, but this could make you better. And I wanna tell you, you've got moments like that all the time. People, it, this, 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 it's, not, it's not gonna stop. Like there's gonna be day after day where people will hurt you. Your temptation is to just get revenge and angry. 
even. People in church, outside of church. But I think Jesus is our example. I think Joseph is a great Old Testament example. And I wanna invite you to think, I'm gonna get God in my heart, in my mind, and when I face those moments where I am beat down, betrayed, what comes out is not, I hate those brothers and I'm just so annoyed with that woman and that stupid butler. But instead what comes out is, God, 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 God. I just think, I think, I think we can have some breakthrough. I think, I think we can look like Jesus. Well, it's gonna take prayer. It's gonna take t- taking these things to God. And you can say, oh yeah, I'm not talking about if you know the answers, if to pray, but I'm talking about being a people that actually do it. I don't want to pray for her. I don't want to pray for him. I hate him. That's why you need to pray for him. <laughs> God, change my heart, oh God. Give me your heart towards that person. God, forgive me. God, I forgive them. You've forgiven me so much. It's the parable, right? You've forgiven me, and now I'm choking this guy. No, I've been forgiven. I'm free. I'm headed to heaven with Jesus. You've, you've forgiven me. Of, I, can for, I, I can let so-and-so off the hook. I don't, need to, I don't need to get revenge on her. I don't need to start. I don't need to send her that note. I don't need to make that weird post where I'm actually just trying to tell someone I hate so-and-so, but pretending like I'm saying it to the whole world as a biblical principle. I just want God. I just want you, God. Give me your heart toward him. Give me your heart toward them. Give me your heart. I don't want to be bitter. I forgive. Would you take a moment and would you just, that person that came to mind earlier, would you just take that person to God? Just say, I forgive. Or maybe you just need to say, God, help me go on the journey. God, show me your heart for that person. Maybe start there. Show me your heart for that person. Jesus, we bring these people to you and I ask for miracle stories all across the room. God at work, give us breakthrough in this area in our lives. If you're here today, The good news is is that God has offered you eternal life. God will forgive you of your sin, no matter how far angry, bitter, addicted, whatever issues you have, there is a God who loves you so much. He sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. And you, if you will believe in Jesus and turn from your ways and go his way, you too can have eternal life. If you're here today and you want to be made right with God, 
He is so good. He is a father that forgives. If you want to be in right standing with God today, and enter into the life he has for you. I just want to invite you just at your seat. Would you just pray this? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Pray not my way. I want to go your way. Change me and heal me. Save me. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to be a follower of God. I give you my life. In Jesus' name.